Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The Province Force Podcast. Whitetail Podcast, first edition, 2019-20. Patrick Johnson, Ben Kuzma. We made it. We made it. We're back. (laughs) We warned you. We warned you. We tried to help you, but we're back. We did all right last year, didn't we? I thought we did well. I thought we but we're going to do, like the Canucks, we're going to do even better, at least on paper. Are we? Are you and I a playoff team this year? Well, I think Depends we're, I think, I think team, we're better. It? I think we're better. <laughs> you and I were better. Our story's better being the top half of uh, hits on post media. All right, what do you make of this team? I mean, we've talked a lot about offseason, yeah. talked about oh, this, that, and the other, but really, what is this team? Is this team better than last yeah, year? Yeah, it's better. I mean, it's better on paper, and it's, it's, I think it's better on the ice. I, a lot of things that you were looking for for this club is to maybe be harder to play against, be better. Right. I mean, I think the happiest guy, well, two two happy guys down at the rink. One's Bo Horvat. I mean, if Pearson, uh, who had seven goals in his last nine games with Bo, uh, is a legit 20-goal guy again, and... J.T. Miller, who, by the way, is a lot better player than I thought he was. Right. The way he plays through the middle with some stiffness and playmaking ability in that shot. If they're a smart player. Yeah, if they're guy. permanent line mates for Bo, I think he'll surpass last year's career year. Right. And he'll play all 82, and he might be, he might be right up there uh, with the leading scorer. So you add, you add that element to the fact that you know, Furlan joins Pedersen and Besser you know, as a legit winger who's 20-goal potential and is a bit of a policeman for that line right away. Right away, they're better. And then yeah. we just start talking about the guys in the back end who are not here this year. Yeah. yeah. Just just through, yeah. you know, it's additions through subtraction. Yep. They're better on the back end. Yep. Uh, I don't know. Edler and Myers as a top pairing, I think, are going to be under tremendous pressure. But, again, I like the creativeness of Hughes. I like the underrated third-pairing ability of Jordy Ben. So, yeah, it's a better team. Is it a playoff team? I'm sure we're going to discuss that. The the thing for me to remember in all that is how many shootout wins they had last year. Yeah. You know, a lot of close games, a lot of wins. Shootout, you know, in the long run is a bit of a to- toying co- coin toying cost. Coin toss. How do you and how do you replace Marcus Granlund three for eight in shootout? See, see, see. Maybe, maybe well, we saw. Why does he get? The, he gets the shootout winner in the ben opener in Edmonton. In, in training he, camp, he gets the shootout winner in the opener in Edmonton. How's that, Marcus Granlund? You're calling it now? No, <laughs> of course not. Uh, the at the end of the day, that's the thing I do key on as an important context to all this. Because, yeah, they're de- like, the defense is better. You're right. There's no good Branson. There's no Delzato, right? There's no Pouliot. No Pouliot, no Pouliot right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're already, you know, Jordy, Jordy Ben's better. Uh, you know, Quinn Hughes, we, we I think, rightly assume will be better than those guys, most of those guys. And, you know, Tyler Myers, obviously, uh, is a is a good player. 
Um, I don't think he's a number two defenseman. He's about to be played as a number two defenseman. I yeah. think that, that could be tough on him. But the sort of thinking from the Canucks is, well, we've got better top-end forwards. We've got better puck-moving defensemen. So hopefully we just won't be playing defense as much because that was part of their problem last year is they couldn't get out of their own end because they couldn't make a breakout pass. Yeah, I mean, if you think of Hughes' ability to motor through the neutral zone with Tanner there to kind of be that more yeah. of a defensive force and suddenly – uh, they're in the ozone, and we're not talking about, well, gee, Quinn Hughes can't defend. Well, he doesn't have to defend because he's so good in transition, and he's actually pretty smart. I, I yeah. watch him in the preseason. His stick work, you know, he's a, he's a small guy at 5'10", but his body positioning is at least there enough to get into the way, and that's a real plus. And, uh, well, quick hands. He'll yeah, take quick the puck hands, off you. Quick you know? hands. You just, I mean, PD told it to me last week yeah. when I was talking about leadership. I mean, he ended up talking about defense, and he realized, you know, he said when he was young, he realized – well, I like scoring goals. You can't score goals if you don't have the puck, and if you don't have the puck, that means you're playing defense. So he just, why, you know, just find out how not to play defense. So that and maybe was, that's going to be one of the trickle down effects. I can't imagine when uh, Miller and Pearson and and uh, guys like Furland get in a game and they see Patterson in all three zones, yeah. especially going all the way back to help trigger the yeah. transition to be all over his guy in the back check. You, you'd like to think that maybe there's even a trickle down effect when it comes to the to the new veteran guys instead of just kind of. You know, circling back in the neutral zone and waiting for that breakout pass. I have some concerns about the top or sort of the bottom six because they've gone back with mm-hmm. Beagle and Sutter, who are too similar. I think uh, you know Beagle. Beagle was great penalty killer last year. I think you know in terms of if you take away the price point, perfectly yeah, fine as sure. your fourth line center. Uh, Sutter terrible season, tons of injuries. Uh, we've seen him play better, but when he did play, he wasn't very good. I think the third line is a revolving door. Yeah. I mean, they're going to start. And that's a worry to Yeah, me. they're going to start with Levo, who, you know, his his big challenge is to be show some consistency from game to game. Uh, Sutter is Sutter, and then you're going to start with Jake on the right side. We talked we talked about Gaudet. How do you get Gaudet into the lineup? Well, if you want to move him in the middle and put Sutter on the wing, yeah. that keeps Jake Vertanen on a very short leash, and I think that's part of the plan. And maybe even Erickson gets on the third line on the left side if Levo doesn't do anything. The fourth line, it is what it is. I mean, that that that's their... PK quasi yeah. shutdown line, call it what you will. Yeah. Uh, if I, but I if think it were me, I would line. keep. I would put Berchi in there and forget Mott, but that's just me. You well, got enough penalty killers as it is, but that's just me. You said Berchi. You mean Erickson? I miss that guy. No Berchi. You want Berchi? You bring it up. Well, he's, I would he's have dumped back. Erickson and kept. Berchi. You're already thinking about the first injury. Well, I want Berchi recall. Yeah, what I want to actually here's what I want to know. What, how do you think Gaudet actually plays out? Because right, you know, as it sort of stands, he looks like he's probably an extra forward. Gaudet's here until um, Roussel comes back. You think so? Yeah, I think I think he'll get X amount of games. I think yeah. Jake will be in and out of the lineup. I think he'll get a look, and then he'll say, you know what, kid, you had a great start here. You need to go to Utica. And by the way, Roussel's coming back. Where are you going to play Roussel? He's right. your third line left wing. Yeah, yeah, and I think Roussel coming back is you know underrated part of the yeah. season when he comes back it's going to make i think it makes a huge difference he played great i think i think he actually could be an interesting element i mean pearson obviously played great with Bo, but you know who else played great with Bo? Roussel, when he actually got the chance to do And I that. think part of the off-season acquisition was knowing that you might not get Roussel back till Christmas, so where's the bite yeah. coming from? Jordy Ben, yeah. Furlan, they need some bite, and yeah. so they went and got that. And, and then, of course, it's, an, it's just it's kind of like a cherry on top of the, uh, the ice cream with, with Roussel back because we know he's, as they say, yeah. he's going to drag him into the fight. It's got that as a result, than not playing a ton. Is that actually the best thing for him? That's, I, I, I get the yeah. emotion of picking a guy who played so well in preseason, who showed that physically yeah. you know, he appears to be ready, You know, he's making stuff happen offensively. I think there's still 
concerns about the defensive game. Yeah, there are, but uh, Bo had a great thing to say about this the other day because, of course, Bo made it right away. And he yeah. said, you can only become an NHL player by playing at the NHL it's level and experiencing everything. It's true. On the ice, off the ice, you know, mm-hmm. he's got the Sedins there yeah. bringing him along. Yeah. Uh, and he had some really interesting things to say about Gaudet making the roster that you can only get better by playing at this level. You can go down to the A mm-hmm. and you can, yeah, you get a lot of minutes and PP one time. It's not the same game. I do wonder about his rhythm, though. That's that's the only reason I think about it. Because if you sit, you know, it's not you, your guy is used to playing all the time. He got to play a lot last year because of circumstance, and maybe circumstance comes in his favor. But you know, if he's if he's having to sit up up in the press box, you know, most nights, you know, I get I get it. I totally understand Bo's point. But if you're not playing, it's not playing in the NHL. I have a sneaky suspicion he gets into the lineup sooner than people realize. Himself? I really yeah. think they're going to make that move. I think they're yeah. going to put Sutter on the wing, get Godet in the middle, yeah. and they're going to get through to Jake to say the one way to get through to you, Jake, you're not playing. Yeah. You're not playing. Interesting. Uh, on the in, in the crease, I mean, how, how Markstrom going to have a repeat? You think? I, I think he's more. You know, everybody. The, the funny thing with Markstrom is, it's kind of like it's Groundhog Day. We all think of what he did in the past when he was struggling, mm-hmm. when those early goals would would be let in. I, I think he's made so many gains last year with the mental part of it, learning that reverse tracking. He admitted to me that a lot of things that Ian Clark was yeah. teaching were hard. To, they were hard to digest and hard to put into practice in a game. So I give him credit for embracing all that. Right. You know, I had another 60-game season, what, uh, 9-12 save percentage, same as the previous year. He wants to play them all. He played 60. I think he's going to play maybe half a dozen less. Right. But it works for his for his symmetry to start the year. I mean, it's a very favorable schedule. They don't have back-to-backs till they go to New York. Yeah. So he's going to play the first half dozen games yeah. and before Demko sees the, the, the crease. And I, I just think it's going to be interesting in a contract year how they value Markstrom. I mean, he's 20. Where did the time go? He's 29. I know. I know. And, you know, Jim Sorry, being, yeah, Jim being Jim, he, you know, <laughs> he said it in my piece the other day where he said, you know, like goalies, you never know until they're 26, 27, 28, how they're going to kind of mature and goalies play until they're 35. Now, why are you telling me that? <laughs> I know I know that Markstrom's agent's listening to you talking about <laughs> goalies playing a long time, Jim, but don't, don't kind of let that out there because I think at 29, you have to be a little bit, cognizant of what do you sign yeah. Markstrom to because you need to bring Demko along. So I don't know and about those DPS super long. Coming yeah, up you got and, the, I don't know about a super long commitment to yeah. Markstrom. And you know we know Ian Clark loves C-Lobs. I mean, mm-hmm. Obviously he's still in junior so that's a long way Get off, him here! But, yes. but uh, yeah, I, to me it, it, it's, it's interesting seeing a settled crease for once. I mean, you know, that used to be such a long like long story here. Who's we got knew... better goaltending in the division? Maybe Quick and Campbell in LA. Maybe Quick and Campbell. But I mean, as a tandem, and yeah, Quick, Quick's maybe getting Quick hurt a lot now. So as yeah. a as a as a tandem, yeah, isn't that like you just said? When's the last time we talked about the Canucks yeah. having sort of semi-stable goaltending yeah. in this division? Yeah. Well, and you know, having a, you know, I would say, I mean, you know, like I said, there's a question on Markstrom, but it's it's you know. It's not a bad question. It's 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 one about a guy who played well and saying you know, can you keep it going? And I think every all the signs say yes. And then having you know a clear obvious you know his clear obvious backup who we think is going to be a very good goaltender in this. League. I think Markstrom's strength was getting through November. Remember right. they went on the big losing streak. They had all the injuries. I think he lost five or six in a row. Gathered himself in December, January, eight thirty, eight forty save percentages. Yeah. I mean to me that was the mark of a guy who we voted upon for the Masterton. He was that's our right. unanimous choice, and that said a lot about his that's game right. and his ability to handle everything. It's a different animal being a starter, dealing with us every day, and I thought that was one of his, his greatest gains was understanding that side of the game because he admitted it. it's really different when you're the guy night after night after night. You know what he's like. He's a guy that doesn't... 
he shows it in his face, but he, you know, oh, but, he's, but, but, he's but, dying inside. But, but, you know, he really tries to put on, he yeah. says the right things and all that stuff. And that, that losing streak in November when there was just bounce after bounce after bounce. And I think back to that win they had in LA when they finally broke that slump. And I asked him, you know, did, you know, because I think, you know, they won, what, I think two to one. It was a comeback win. And, you know, we talked about just the idea of these pucks constantly bouncing off heads and feet and butts and all that stuff and just nothing he could do about, you know, he made the save and the puck made a weird bounce and hit somebody and went in the net. And that's why they were, seemed like they were losing half the time. Well, I remember on that one long November trip when they were losing and he wasn't available after one game, they had to reel him in. He was just, he was spitting fire in the back. And then the next day he talked about it. He talked very openly about it. He said, listen, I'm not going to walk around here with a smiley face. And and I think he was basically taking a shot at some of the guys who the young guys kind of tend to walk around with a smiley face. I'm in the NHL. Isn't this great? No, we're on a losing streak. Get it through your thick head. And And I I, I like that part. And I remember that win, but there was still, there was that release. You got that moment where he went, oh man, you know, I just... It wasn't that he never thought it would happen, but it was that kind of emotional <laughs> hey, feeling. He's yeah. just like, finally, finally, we got to bounce our way, and, yeah. it, and it all worked out. And uh, I, 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 and that turn, that second half, you know, just the calmness. And you wrote about this and talked about, with, yeah. you know, the calmness he showed in his game, and just that understanding. And I, we talked, you know, our friend Kevin Ludley's talked about this as well. Is that, you know, he was just so much more sort of uh, in unison in his movements. Yep. It it, the way he apart. sealed up the short side, his tracking of the puck. I mean, with big goalies, it's mm-hmm. it's that first shot recovery. Where are you for the rebound? Yeah. You're not making snow angels. You yeah. know, and I think that was a big part of his game, uh, the calmness mentally and the calmness physically. Uh, well, you know, it's interesting you mentioned that schedule, and they obviously start two yeah. two games on the road, come come home for a couple, and then go out on the on that big trip. Uh, you know that similar story to last year, really, because they had a huge, they had a right. lot of road. They had a, two huge trips in the first six weeks, I think, basically. You know, and in many ways, that is great for sort of that team bonding element. And there's a lot of new faces here, and there's actually a lot of time to practice. And, and Travis talked about that last week. Uh, the idea that, yeah, you know, it, it is actually great that we have all this practice. Can they time. get through November? Everybody talks about the great starts. Right. November's have killed them. Where are they on the U.S. Thanksgiving? Yeah, I know that that. Those goalposts have shifted a bit. That mm-hmm. there are teams mm-hmm. that are not in the playoffs at the yeah. U.S. Thanksgiving who make the move. But boy, to get through your first long road trip without any injuries yeah. and to be above five hundred, yeah. it's really important. What about the division? I mean, we look at you know they they they, they open with two rivals. They they open up against a team that you know as ever Edmonton has the best player in the world. They should be head and shoulders above everybody else and they're not because they've done such a bad job of they only have four that's players that's the problem <laughs> you know I mean yeah. I actually said I actually half thought maybe they would take a flyer on Sven, a guy like Sven Berchi who would be a winger I think would contribute to I was team. told that there was some interest in Sven and Edmonton but it was the price point yeah you know, 3.6 whatever his uh, cap is you know what do you make of this division we know that we know that uh, San Jose is going to be strong we know that Anaheim is going to or not Anaheim Vegas is going to be strong um, you know we know that we know that Calgary is going to be strong you know, Canucks. I think on paper, most of us have them sort of as the fourth best team because you know I don't think anybody ever takes the Coyotes that seriously. Yeah. And Edmonton obviously is Edmonton, and and LA is in full on rebuild. You know, what what do you think? I, got, do you think I think Vegas is? is a clear number one. I think two is debatable, but I'll, I'll give it to the Flames. I, I think uh, the Sharks are really going to miss Pavelski yeah. going to Dallas yeah. in free agency, which was told you a lot. Your captain leaves your team. 
uh, for obviously a sweet deal. And, and let's be honest, I mean, the Stars were one goal away from going to the conference final last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. So that is a, not just a legit playoff team. That's a, that's a yeah. conference contending team. Yeah. So I understand Pavelski at this point in his career, the money plus the opportunity to win. So I'm going to go Vegas, Calgary, uh, Sharks. And I do think the Canucks are the next best team. Like you said, you talked about Arizona. Yeah, you might get a push here or there. Um, the Oilers are, you know, like I said, they got four players, and uh, Todd McClellan has his hands full uh, in LA in a team that's uh, building from the ground up. And I don't know what to make of Anaheim. I just see a team that's getting super long in the tooth and missed the window uh, to interject some youth into its lineup. So uh, we'll give the Canuck the four hole. Um, and then, of course, you know, I mean, that puts him in the playoff mix, but that central division is yeah. so strong. If you don't finish in the top three, you're, yeah. you're hooped. It's so strong. That, that's why, you know, we, we think they're going to be in contention, but right, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Got any surprises in your back pocket? Is there something that you're sort of looking at this season in terms of player performance or coaching decision or or that kind of thing with the Canucks that might uh, – might catch some people by surprise early on. Well, the, again, the, the big mystery for me is um, the power play could be a catalyst for some great things mm-hmm. because I, I, I understand the stability that they're going to try to start the season with and having Edler on the first power play unit, but I don't think that's going to last. Mm. I just think there's so much creativity in Quinn Hughes yeah. to get him here, to get him there eventually. Yeah. I mean, again, we've talked about this to death. You can't. You gotta. You can't be the twenty second power play. You can't be the twenty sixth ranked offense. Yeah. They have to be in the top half of the league. I think that's the most intriguing thing to me. That for Newell Brown to understand what he's got there in PP one. Uh, you know, Quinn Hughes told me it's going to be easy. We're going to be moving the puck so quick. I'm just going to find the open guy. I wish it was that easy, Quinn. It might have been that easy at Michigan. But I think that's the most intriguing thing to me because they got the bodies now. Mm-hmm. When you've got Miller and you've got Pearson and you've got Horvat and you've got Furlan, guys who are willing to get yeah. to the net. A they're probably going to draw more penalties. B, they're going to get those opportunities and C, can they convert? The thing about the power play, I go back to the conversation I had with Newell Brown in, in training mm-hmm. camp, wrote a story off of it. And, you know, he made the point, you know, proudly, that if you look at the, the way they finished, you know, they, they were they, they had were, a spurt. They were scoring quite yeah, a clip because finally, spurt. and you look, you know, you look at the numbers and all of a sudden they were shooting more. They just had more shots going on. And, you know, interestingly enough, I don't think it's actually why, but interestingly enough, that coincided with Josh Levo going into the bumper spot on the first power play. Yeah, and there he but, is. But one of the things, and you mentioned Hughes that I think is really interesting. Hughes is he's a player that really hasn't been seen before in Vancouver. He's a guy that he lines up at defense, but he doesn't necessarily have what maybe we consider a defenseman's skill set. You look at those hands, you look at those feet. And I find myself wondering on a power play where, you know, the convention is everyone kind of plays the same now. It's all that 1-3-1. One, one. And you're trying actually not to have two defensemen out there. And it was interesting how Newell Brown actually brought that up himself because it was, you know, we look at Myers. He's brought in for his puck moving. He's a good, been a good power play defenseman. Obviously, Edler is the incumbent. Uh, they still like what he brings to the table there. You know, scored what eleven goals last year? Ten, was it ten or eleven goals? Anyway, but it was uh, a power was yeah. was effective on the power play late going. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Hughes. And I find myself wondering if they might try something really off the radar in terms of Hughes and just look at his skills and say, you know, maybe he is a guy to put in the bumper. Maybe he's a guy to put in the sidewall. You know, he's not necessarily a guy that has to be at the top. Because we already have two guys that want to play at the top, and and I think that's gonna be interesting. I mean, they were, we're lining Myers up on the on the boards as a bit of a shooter, um, but you know, to me, 
I go to Hughes and I kind of go, is there is there a possibility this is a guy that's going to break the mold? Well, yeah, I think of, you know, if you're looking for an NFL comparable, I look at Patrick Mahomes. You mm. know, like Hughes reminds me of a guy who's going to spin at the yeah. top of the yeah. – Slot with the puck, and he's going to do something yeah. remarkable. Yeah. He's going to he's going to feed it where he's going to send a blind pass to a guy who wasn't expecting it, or the defenders aren't expecting it. There's right. going to be the one time. Right. I just think it, it, it's hard to harness that. Yeah. And Travis spoke about this the other day. Yeah, we want him to be more diligent defensively, mm-hmm. but we don't want to stifle his creativity. Yeah. And he, and he's saying that even before they start playing for keeps. Right. So that's what's so intriguing to me. So uh, again, I, I I just I thought about this a while ago when I was watching. You know, the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm watching Mahomes. I'm going, that's Hughes, man. Yeah. He'll throw the ball sidearm. He'll throw off his yeah. back foot. You Make know, it happen. The blind passes. So extremely intriguing. Uh, last question. I mean, we're, we're uh, heading down to – I mean, it, when and if – I mean, hopefully by this time people haven't heard. They haven't unveiled the captain, but is uh-huh. it going to be ball, and, and are we going to have to wait till next week to see him, you think? Well, there's two things at play. If you're going to name a captain, usually you want to start the season with them. But I think this is a little bit different in Vancouver, yeah. this whole 50-year thing they got going. Yeah. And maybe they want to do it for the home opener uh, against the Kings and uh, uh, week Wednesday. Maybe they want to do that. Maybe they want to have Hendrick there. Maybe they want to do that thing where Bo takes like, off the jersey and Hendrick hands yeah, him like on the sea on it. Yeah. That would be great pomp and circumstance and ceremony. I'm not sure all the former captains would be there. Uh, one might not get into the building, but um, oh, the I, guy I talked to this summer. I think that's intriguing. <laughs> Briefly, I think that's intriguing. Uh, then again, we may find out that they want to do it. And just maybe they want to make a big deal out of it. Maybe Travis is going to say, "Oh, by the way, uh, Bo's our captain." Because <laughs> I told you a year well, that's ago, what he said on Monday. I told you, you a year ago, a- I was not going to write another Bo Horvat <laughs> captaincy story until it actually comes to fruition. Well, because I got his dad calling me now. So, yeah, well, well, that's but that's why that's why go. you had me write it. That, well, there you go. Is that what it is? Yeah, that's called that's a veteran move. It, you know, I find it interesting. You know, Bo hasn't really shied away from the questions. Which tells you a lot. But I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the, the naming because I think people. I, I'd like to tell a little bit of the backstory with Bolt because you know you're not talking Austin Matthews here. <laughs> you're talking small <laughs> Southern Ontario farming community, good old kid, like just you know square as square. I mean, a big night for him is hanging out with the dog did and you, watching curling with the wife. Did you see what Jack Todd called uh, Austin the other day? Captain Underpants. Captain Underpants. Uh, I, you know what? Just related. I know I said last question, but this is this is okay. Last question. Last last, last question. Last question B. Okay. And it's because people ask me a lot. I mean, what about the PD factor? PD is the best player on the team. Uh, there, we know that there is an element of him that does, you know, carry the room. There is a mm-hmm. there is a sort of an excellence to his to him. There's an expectation of excellence to him. Uh, you know, he he's he's not overstated in how he talks, but he has clear opinions. He knows he wants everyone to be the best. Uh, is, is his potential as a captain a factor in all this? Potential, maybe somewhere down the road. Yeah. I think Bo's the obvious choice. And when you think of the A's, when you think of Edler, when you think of Tana, when you think of Sutter, when you think of the newcomers, there's lots of A's to go around. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part and parcel about naming Bo captain. I mean, the support system is right in the room. Yeah. I mean, you can talk to Pearson about winning a cup in L.A. You can talk to... Miller about playing for AV right. and then playing right. for torts and there's all kinds of things to glom onto. So I think the support system's in place and I think somewhere down the road you might have to have that conversation about Patterson. But I think it's a few years away. Let him let him play. Don't yeah. even don't even slap an A on him. Mm. Just let him play. Let yeah. him play. All right, folks. Uh, as ever, you can find us on whatever your favorite podcast player is. Uh, we are, of course, online. He's at Ben Guzman, Matt Rising Action. Lots of coverage coming. Season opener Wednesday in Edmonton. We'll see you. I guess next week. You will.